Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I am your host, Lyle Barrens. I truly appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, leave a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Truly appreciate it. If you like something on this podcast, if you like the episode, take a screenshot, share it on your story on social media. Having said that, thank you for tuning in. Today, we will be unpacking things that we believed when we were younger as kids, teens, young adults, that turned out to not be true. I brought Arielle back. She's going to talk about some things that uh, she believed to not be true. She thought was originally true for a nice feminine touch. And also, yes, we have an episode on Friday. And, and I gave y'all back to backs because I was late on the, uh, on the primary episode for Monday. But also, Zoom show, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, we out here on Zoom, okay? Pull up, pull up. If you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you'll see the info for the show. Laugh City, New Year's Eve on Eventbrite. We getting down. Having said that, enjoy the episode. Hope you had a good Christmas. Hope you have a good holiday. Let's go. Be well. Be well. Enjoy. Be good to people and everything will work out in the end. That was something I believed, and that's not how it is. Being good to people is cool. It's not about fuck everybody, put your foot on these niggas' necks, and fuck everybody, you know, Gordon Gecko, Donald Trump, Wolf on Wall Street, 80 shit, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan they ass. It's not about that. But what I'm saying is being good to people is cool, but some people don't give a fuck. And you lose. And they win. And or that's what it feels like. And what things feel like is not always what it is or how it will be, but it's what we feel in the moment. And what we feel in the moment is how we try to live life. And that can fucking hurt. But look, people will go out of their way to do good things, as I have, and it will not be reciprocated. And it fucking hurts. It does. It's shitty. And you're like, wow, what the fuck was all this for? And sometimes it's for nothing. Sometimes you go out of your way for, for like nothing. But when you really figure out the game, I'm not saying figure out the game, but figure that out, is I figured out I really only got to do shit for people. I'm going to go out of my way for people when it's organic and there's and it builds into something. When it's like, oh, man, he did that, he got that, da, da, da. Okay, I'm not I'm not trying to da 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 y'all to death. Let me give you an example. So my boy Sammy, Sammy obeyed. He would send out comics from LA and they would do because I was running a bunch of shows in the Bay at the time. And I was I had I had the girlfriend in the Santa Cruz area. So I was like, I'd be in Oakland, I'd be in Santa Cruz, and then I'm in LA and just two weeks back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Just like you know, LA, middle of the state, Oakland SF, back and forth. And I was hooking these niggas up, and they were not like I'd be in LA. Like, what's up? What's up? How can I get? How can I? Get? And I wasn't being like, hey, can I get the Improv Laugh Factory? But bottom line is, they wasn't responding back, and they were being pieces of shit. And I was feeling like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then eventually, I told Sammy, don't send none of the bitch ass niggas my way. Fuck them. And I, it was, it was a lot more dramatic than like, like what I'm uh, giving off. But the bottom line was, I stopped feeling like shit. Like I stopped feeling like, oh man, this this doesn't work out in the end, is because like you can't save all these niggas, and when I not even you can't save, you can't be nice to everybody, because like at least in my field, 
is if you saw the movie Soul with uh, Jamie Foxx, the Pixar joint, highly recommend it. But Jamie Foxx's character, there's that scene because like he's just so music, jazz, piano focused. And then there's that scene where the uh, the number 22 is in his body and then blah, 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 blah. It's like, hey, I never knew that. Well, you never asked me. It was nice. To t- it was nice to talk about something other than music. Jamie Foxx's in that Jamie Foxx's character in that movie is like fucking every piece of shit that is talented, not talented, semi-talented in LA and New York or any other place. Like it is a very self-absorbed, like at least in my I can just speak from experience. So in my experience, I'm around a lot of sore uh, self-absorbed people that are the stars of their own movies. So I'm in a place where it's like, okay, I can't just be. It's not even about, like, it's weak. It's like, niggas don't give a fuck. And I am, like, being in entertainment, comedy, like, I am in the more extreme version of everyday life, so to speak. So I'm used to that. You don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck if somebody's great to you. I mean, you take note if somebody's horrible to you. But, like, I'm around these guys. If somebody's kind of rude to them, they're just kind of like, because they're just, like, in their head of, like, content, content. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. They don't give a fuck. And that's fine. Like, I keep it to manners and keep it pushing. Like, let me tell you something. The way to really go about this shit is to be a resource. Like, there's this guy, this comedian. And his whole, he has this very, like, kind of like Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, Jay-Z, I am the tiger, I work my ass off approach, which is not the exact same as let me hook everybody up or let me be good to everybody. But he's got that, oh, if I just, I'm going to put it all in and everything will work out, right? This nigga, he fucking comes up to me, right? And I, I knew him before, like, when I was living in L.A., but he came up to me, and I thought he would be, like, trying to talk to me about spots or, like, hey, man, you know, such and such. He comes up, and he's talking to me, like, all right, so so where you get your hair cut at? And I'm like, oh, nigga, I don't know. And he's like, okay, well, go to this guy. Go to Marv. He's a comedian. He'll put you on a plan, okay? And then you're on that plan. And I'm like, nigga, you can ask me anything. You talking to me? And then... And basically what he was trying to do is he was trying to hook his boy up because I'm sure like he would have gave him a discount like the more uh, heads he sends his way because I know I know how niggas do. But you would talk to but this is like a guy who just can't and he's he asked me a lot of shit. He shouldn't ask me for how long he's been doing comedy. He asked a lot of people shit. He shouldn't for how long he's been doing stand up. And he, he he's a good dude. I'm not talking shit. Maybe I am. But the point is, is. He doesn't, like, if you're a resource, everything will figure itself out. If you're a resource, you don't have to be on this, like, oh, I'm, I want to be good. I want to be good. Because, like, a lot of, like, I know this one dude, he's very obsessed with being a good guy, but he's also a fucking snake. Because him being a good guy, I, I think at a certain point, it stopped being rooted in this is my nature and it turned into, I want this to be my reputation so I can get more shit from you motherfuckers. And then it turned, like, he's a fucking snake. Like, he's a good, 
Well, he's good on the surface, but he's a fucking snake. So, in the end, what I learned with, with all that, you know, treat people good, everything goes well shit, is it doesn't fucking matter. Just be a resource and keep it pushing. Always, 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 always save your money. Look, I'm good at saving my money. I was raised by a very paranoid single black mother. I know all about saving money. But look, you need to spend some of that shit for the stress that we, especially us as black men, we need to spend some of that shit. And I'm not going to go into like the extreme other side of that. I'm talking from my side for us that was raised by paranoid black mothers and fathers that was just like, no, oh, no, you need to say that shit. You need to say that shit. You never know what Niggas get extorted every day. You never know. You never know. Okay. Look. I was going through a time in my life, and this is for like most people, like, and where it's like, okay, the more money you make, the more kind of stress that you have, or the less time that you have to do certain things that you like. I was going through this time where like I'm like running these shows, I'm on the road, and I don't have I don't have a woman in my life, I don't have this. And I was just kind of like, what is this all for? I'm kind of miserable. I'm not, I'm not happy. Like I hate the I hate these like fucking bitch ass. Uh, white women that work at the fucking venue. Fuck you, Meg. You know, like I, I fucking hated these people, right? And I'm like, and I'm on the road doing like these shitty gigs, performing for like these mullet motherfuckers, and I'm going all around and going to like these nigga clubs and not getting paid on time. And I'm like, what am I doing all this for? Because like I'm not really going out, and I I was in my I was in like a certain space where I wasn't trying to like deal with some bullshit at the club. I wasn't trying to. So for me. I took myself out on a self-care day and I just dropped money on like three different pairs of sneakers. And I know you're like, Lyle, niggas do that every day. Listen, I took myself out to a nice lunch where I where I knew the food was overpriced. I didn't care. The ambiance was popping. Got myself some clothes, jackets, three different pairs of Jordans. And, you know, uh, got myself some cocktails, got myself a nice bottle later. And you know what I did? I did that again two days later, and it felt great. And I didn't make a habit out of that because I know you can't make a habit out of that. But what I did was, if I'm kind of like, I, I'm going to spend some money and feel good. Why am I doing this shit? Because I got this fear. I get hit by a truck. A hater nigga shoots me, some crack ass cop, right? I don't want to be like, oh, I didn't live it up enough. I don't want to feel like that $300 I could have dropped in a day. And like still slept okay at night. Let me just fucking drop it. And I don't want to get too into numbers because some people are like, that's all. Wow, Lyle, big spender. I don't want to get into that because money means different things for different people. But whatever your version of uh, okay. Like <laughs> we all have a uh, okay. Whatever the fuck that is, like you gotta have, especially when you're stressed, you gotta spend it. And it's like about having times where you're a little bit more just liberal with your spending, especially especially when you're going through shit. It's it's important to treat yourself that like spending money is part of self-care, because I thought I grew up thinking like self-care was just save your money, bunker, like and have like a, a bunker mentality. And not that like, no, you can also treat yourself and spend money and kind of be like, hey, I can't, okay, that maybe wasn't told. And, and not nitpick it. Also, after you spend the money, like, mm, I paid all that for this. I paid all that for that. 
And I mean, sometimes you got to do that, but other times it's not even about that. It's about an experience. So I would say, so yeah, that was one thing I believed. I'm still about fucking stacking money and spending money. I'm just saying, you got to let some of that shit go. If you a tightwad, you fuck. Like I've hang, I like I've hung around tightwad niggas, and they are like, they're not enjoyable. Like the same way how like as a guy, I feel about like being like around um, like super vanilla asexual women, where like you kind of can't, cause you know guys like we kind of like make like a little sexual remark to like feel to like just dip our dicks in the water, be like, hmm, what can happen here? You know, and there's that one where it's like, mm, mm, let me put three sweaters on, uh, right? <laughs> the tight wad niggas are not fun to be around. So, you know, spend some money. It'll, it'll attract some good people. Smashing a lot of bitches. That's what we called it. Having sex with a lot of women makes you feel good. No. Having sex with fine women makes you feel good. I mean, and this is all dependent on who you are. Speaking off experience, look, having sex with a lot of women takes time. And, like, it's a small amount of dudes in in society that have pussy thrown at them. Like, outside of, like, the obvious of celebrities, pro athletes, and the nigga that sets up Drake when he's in Vegas at Dara's or whatever it's called. Here, like, the only, like, kind of regular dudes we would come in contact with on an everyday basis that just have pussy thrown at them when they walk into, like, a, a pub or a club or something like that. It's niggas that were former college athletes and still work out, right, and have some decent social skills. They always going to have somebody, they always going to have a little thrown at them. And then it's guys where their life is built around fucking women. It's like, it's like the car is for the women, the job is for the women. The apartment is for the woman. You know, the gym is for the women. And then the other is guys that are like skinny dudes that are 6'3 and up and have like a beard or social skills or an earring or they just have something that just complements their look. They're always going to have pussy thrown at them. Other than that, the rest of us, nope. Nope. And me, I'm like, I'm a good looking nigga, right? I don't even really have pussy thrown at me. The only time I really... I'll have like one woman, like from time to time, I'll go to a place. A woman's just like, "Oh, this, this is my, this is my jam." <laughs> like I get that from time to time, but like for the most part, I don't just have. You know what it is? I will crush on stage, and I will. I won't even say have my choosing. I I just have an opening, and that is really just only a uh, ten. To 20 minute opening, uh, sometimes five minute opening. Hey, what's up? Can I, can I get your number? Can I get your number? Like, oh my God, you always said it. And they got that little glow in their eyes. And the other thing with like, because a lot of women are like, oh, you must get a lot of comedy groupies. No, because so many like couples and shit go to comedy shows. So it's not like I just, it's just being thrown at me. But the point being is, fucking a lot of women just requires a lot of time. If your approach is, I want to have sex with a lot of women like that just just the hunt for that even if you're like even when i was a young guy that had the energy to go out for that that shit fucking drained me that was like okay i'm swiping because like i was still like trying to do comedy and had a girlfriend and was you know you know like 22 23 24 year old nigga shit and i'm doing all that 
But I'm like, man, I am like juggling so many hats, you know? And one, that just drains you. And then the other thing is it's like with just fucking a lot of women. I'm going to do another pot about this one. I'm going to really get into this. But the bottom line is you don't necessarily, like, you feel good, at least for me. Like, I feel good when I fuck a woman where I'm like, oh, shit, I got her. Or like, oh, hell yeah. You know what it is? I feel good when I I, I, I bag a woman and I know I'm going to jack off to her like five years later. Like, oh, yeah, you you may never respond to this text again, the, the what you doing, Merry Christmas text again. But I will still be jacking off to this memory. Like, that makes you feel good. Like, fucking like a bunch of women that you're not even going to think about. And then, you know, like you raise your standards and you're going to be like, I did that. I did that. And when I say raise your standards, I'm not even talking about their looks or their body. I'm talking about just the vibe, just the energy or just just how easy accessible you made yourself to her. You're not going to like that. You know, you want to be sexy. So if you if you are somebody where like if you decide person were like, oh, yeah, I drank that when I was in college or oh I drank that when I was 19. And then you're later like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. And that also applies to the type of phone you have, to the type of homies you keep, to the type of woman that's in your life, to your expectations for how people treat you, you know, because all that shit elevated for me. So. So I'm going to say that that's. Uh, that was growth. That was growth. Work hard and everything will work out. I used to believe that. Sports taught me that's not always going to be the case. And then later, life taught me that. Showbiz, stand-up comedy taught me that. I thought I could still be a decent basketball player even when I realized I would never be a great basketball player. You start to realize things like no matter how much I dribble and work on my jump shots and, you know, getting past screens, I don't have the wingspan of an Allen, the 6'8 wingspan of an Allen Iverson. I don't have a dad that's working with me, teaching me the game and running drills with me every other night. I don't have a mom that really believes in my hoop dreams and is trying to set me up with the best coaches and try to make sure I play on the best AAU squads. I didn't have that. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't have the support. I don't have the natural ability. And I'm not saying like that, you know, killed my passion for like really trying to be like a a serious hooper because I'm I'm not going to put it on parents or surroundings. But I'm saying like at a certain point, I was like, you know what? I could bust my ass just to be shitty. And I would never be, it just was it, it wasn't for me. I, I like watching it. I like playing pickup and I'm a decent pickup player when I'm in shape, but it's not for me. Fast forwards, stand up comedy, showbiz. The guy I mentioned earlier on the, you know, treat people right and and how it's important to be a resource. This guy genuinely believes that sort of like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Jay-Z, I go out and I do this shit a day, something going to happen, right? But he does the same shit every day. He's not a resource. 
he thinks it's just about hitting mics and just doing sets and spots every other. And it sounds like I'm picking on him, and I'm not trying to pick on him. He just advertises that mentality the most, so he's a great person to use as an example. But the point being is this guy thinks, oh, I just keep doing the same thing. Hard work, hard work. I go out every day. I get it. I get it. I get it. Look, man, people are not taking you on the road because, look, headliners or just anybody that just kind of likes working with people, sometimes it's just about working with somebody that's cool, that's just affable enough. You know, sometimes it's just about like, you know what, this person doesn't get on my fucking nerves. They're not the most talented. They don't have the most God-given abilities. They don't have the most worldly earned abilities but they are decent people and easy to be around. And this also ties in with the treat everybody right and everything works out and with the, you know, bust your ass and everything will work out and you'll get the world in the end because you worked harder than everybody. No, sometimes it's just about being cool and just in luck. But what I'm seeing, what I've learned is, you know, the first lesson was with sports, basketball, and then I saw it like later in comedy. And then you see it with, you know, get with fucking girls like you wish you could have got. We're like, well, she fucks him. That nigga don't even wear shoes. Like, you see that nigga told him every day and she fucked him. Look, we can't always I, I mean I'm, I don't know. I, I was about to, I was about to go down a road I did I did not want to go down and I caught myself. Look. Things are not always meant for us and we can bust our ass and be what we think is the perfect version of that. But sometimes, and this is why self-awareness is important, we have to realize if we are stuck on stupid and if we are working backwards. We need to understand that. Okay, so I did not want to make this just about me and the stuff I used to believe because it's going to just sound like really heartless and callous. And we need uh we need a bit of we need a little bit of life on this. We just saw the movie Soul. So I'm like, you know what, we need some life. Let's, let's get number 22 in here. So, no, so um, we got Ariel back. Hey, Ariel. Hey, Lyle. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, glad to have you, hon. So let's start off with the first thing that you believed when you were younger. And when I say younger, I mean, like, you know, before 24. So AIDS. Let's start with AIDS. So I was really convinced that it's, like, really easy to get AIDS. It's really common. And I was most likely going to get AIDS the first time I had sex without a condom. I was really sure. Really? Yeah. And the first time that did happen, I went and got an AIDS test. And let me tell you, I was sweating with <laughs> the results. <laughs> For me, it was like, you were actually the first one that made me get tested. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I still kind of believe it. Cause I, yeah, because like, I wanted to have sex with our unprotected sex with Ariel. And I was like, this is bullshit. I'm a boyfriend. I'm wearing a car. I didn't do this with the last fucking three girls. And like, I was like really pissed off about that. <laughs> and she was like, okay, if you get tested, you can't. And then I was like super nervous. And I was up in there. And then like. You, you thought you had AIDS. Uh, not really. I didn't think I had AIDS, but I felt like I had something. But I, then, I think I have some text messages that shouldn't see the light of day that might black. <laughs> Look, I don't know that nigga. I'm talking about this man right here. Sure, okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, but I was nervous in the moment and I was like sweating and shit. 
And the uh, and the lady was like, okay, well, have you paid for sex or sold your body for sex? Because she knows damn well I didn't sell my body for sex, <laughs> but she's just doing that as part of the thing. Like, well, somebody might pay to fuck you. So <laughs> 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 like, you know damn well I'd be paying for it, just realistically <laughs> speaking. So, so AIDS, that was like the kind of thing for me where like, Remember, because we've been like rewatching The Sopranos because yeah. of quarantine, and because I'm a black dude that listens to Benny the Butcher. So there's like when Vito uh, turned up, Vito was gay, and then uh, there's like, think about it, Tone, sudden weight loss, AIDS. Oh, nobody's got AIDS, and I don't want to hear that word in here again. And I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I would hear the word AIDS and I would get squeamish. Did you feel that? Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I think everyone has their own iconic pop culture moment where they like learn what AIDS is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, it was when the movie of the musical Rent came out and like all of these hot people have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is what happens. Like when you're a grown up, you get AIDS. If you're not, if you're not careful. Wait, how old were you when you thought this? Okay, so that movie came out when I was like 13. Yeah, it came out in like 2005. Roughly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess AIDS was just implanted in my head from then on. And I guess, like, the worst part about AIDS for me personally, don't speak for anyone else, but it's, like, the slow, painful death and the shame you have to carry and the fact that if you have sex without a condom again, you can get convicted of murder. Unless you're Charlie Sheen. Oh, I didn't know there was a loophole. No, no, not really. But okay, so there's. I used to do a joke about it. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When uh, Charlie Sheen uh, came out as being HIV positive, right? Uh, he said because I remember watching it on the um, today or whatever it was, and uh, the it was Matt Lauer. Somebody asked him like this, like, "Have you had unprotected sex since finding out you have HIV?" And he said, "I have. I have with uh, two people, and they're both." Uh, they knew I ha had it, and they're both under the care of my physician. And the punchline to the joke I said was, um, do you know, like, he he tells me he has HIV and he can fuck them. Do you know what I have to do to say, to have unprotected sex? I have to say I love you. It was something like, <laughs> I, I'm, like, butchering it because it was, like, one of those, like, brief rotation current event yeah, jokes. hashtag winning. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, like, post-winning in Tiger Blood. Right. When that came out. Right. But yeah, that was like that was like a thing, and just like for me, it was like the fact just knowing like the way the bloods mix that just had me very on edge. On edge. Yeah. I would say like one thing that made me like really this is like this is like kind of stupid, but it made me realize I wasn't as scared as HIV as I thought. Is there was this girl, and I met her at the um, you know like the big pillow fight they were doing in San Francisco. Yeah, I was trying to get some pussy. I, I know, nigga. But like, you know what I'm oh, uh, you went there? I was trying to fuck, okay? I've got a lot of places I didn't want to go. You would know. <laughs> and I fuck you. Right. Is this how he talks to his guest? So, <laughs> no, but so I went and she was telling me, like, yeah, my brother, he's got like Asian. And she was like half black, half white. And her brother was like this older white dude in his like 40s. And he, he very, I don't know how to put this. Please, please engage with me because this is why I have you here because you're gonna like help me uh, figure out the dots. Yeah, he looked like a gay dude that would have HIV. 
Okay, so was he tall and lean? No, I mean, he was, like, lean and all that. I mean, all gay dudes are either fat or lean. But he was... <laughs> no, but he was, like, you know... He was, he was a guy, but, like, he had, yeah. like, he had glasses. He had, like, the earring, like, the obvious stuff where you got... Like, earring. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, like, like, classic gay dude. Like, you're obviously gay, You were but, gay in the 80s. Is that kind of what you're saying? Because I feel like gay in the 80s... Like, oh, you was wilding in the... Like, like okay, he well, had, like, some 5 o'clock shadow. That's happened, you know? He had some 5 o'clock shadow, and I was... Okay. I don't know what about that was, like... Yeah. It's like you can't get out of bed shaved. It was that kind of, like, this is my life. But he didn't yeah. look like shit. He looked like he still... Had a per- like he took a page from Magic Johnson and was like, I could still be productive, but he wow. there was a something complex analysis of this guy that <laughs> gets you at the point, but he's definitely got HIV. Like, okay, let me ask you, like, would you could you look at a like a dude, a gay dude from the eighties and be like, yeah, you? Because I I'll give you an example. I'll look at like a black junkie from the eighties mm-hmm. or nineties and go, yeah, you probably got that shit from Sharon Needles. And there's just okay. something about them that... Yeah, I think that, like, well, if you know they have it and you know their lifestyle and can guess their lifestyle, then it's you can connect the dots a little bit more. So I think that's a fair statement. I mean, I will say, like, um, like when it comes to, like, the HIV-positive stuff in the 80s, it's like they didn't, like, know any better because there wasn't any, like, science. So I just want to say that. Like, It's not like spreading COVID it's now. It's not the same as sharing needles. To be gay in the eighties, I just want to put that out there. It was a, it was a crisis. We have an intelligent audience. We don't we, we don't gotta clean it up. I have a LinkedIn. I'm not putting. I don't put your last name on the episodes for a reason. That's true. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Yeah, speak reckless. <laughs> okay, like let me give you let me give you an example. Bruce and Greg, who are like some, some uh, gay men I, we know from my wine club, mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have HIV. And I, I'm not saying it's because of their wealth. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna take that back. Hey, can you talk about the prep one story? The, the which one? Uh, with the dude in the prep one. Prep. Prep. Uh, whatever it's called. Uh, oh. You, 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 you had a coworker. Yeah, back when I worked at a different company, I had a coworker who talked about taking prep, and I knew this man was married. So it just leads you to understand, like, either they're taking PrEP because their husband is confirmed HIV positive or they like to swing. You know damn well it's both. I actually don't know that. I'm telling you, like, gay niggas be, be like, it is what it is. Like, they, they, because they're like men at them. That's why, like, when lesbians get together, like, and they date for two months, they move in together and, like, gay dudes will just like still fuck everybody while no, being I, I would kids. say it's way more likely that they're swinging than HIV positive. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I, I mean, I'm stereotyping people. Like, it just feels like they're upper middle class type people, like, they know all the precautions, they've seen all the documentaries, you know what I'm saying? And like, they're of an age where they were still like babies in the 80s, so it's not like, you know, they, <laughs> they took that <laughs> from then. Did your fear of contracting AIDS without a condom? Well, actually, okay, let me ask you this before I ask that next question. Did you worry about contracting AIDS via performing oral sex? Uh, yes. And actually, that was like a big hang up. I was like, I could have AIDS. I, I Well, let's be specific. HIV, which evolves into it. 
yeah, over time. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> how did you like like get through that though? Um, or did you did insecurity? You... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fucking hilarious. I'm not even gonna unpack that one. This is I'm, I'm gonna leave the joke alone, and the truth is just hilarious. So okay, so what got you over being like, all right, it's not as bad as I think it is like like the possibility of contracting. Okay. So I'll say I went to college in DC where it's well known that one in 25 residents of of DC, Washington, DC have are HIV positive. So like that's an insult, just awful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when my little scare happened and I was sweating in the the waiting room, all I could think about was like, Oh my gosh, that's one in 25. And like, there are so many risk factors. And then like it was negative and I was like, okay. So one in 25 is actually a lot fewer people than I thought. You know what I mean? Like there is still like, there isn't like, this isn't like a common thing that is happening in my specific age group. Like there's such thing as like demographics. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's risk factors and all those things. So I, to go back to what you were saying before, because I think this ties in when you're saying you can like look at someone and like know, you were saying basically, oh, if they're kind of like a junkie, you kind of think they got it through needles versus- Especially in a certain era. Yeah. yeah. But so we had this game and I don't even remember, oh yeah, we were playing this with some little kids that were around. I didn't know them. I think it was kids my other college friends were mentoring, quote unquote, in DC, where like, you stand in two lines and one team has like a tennis ball behind their back and they like pass the tennis ball and like the people in the other line try and guess who has the tennis ball. The tennis ball is AIDS. Um, and so the point is that you can't tell just from looking at someone they have HIV. And <laughs> what therefore... the fuck on a dare program <laughs> bullshit was that? Therefore you have to make sure they get tested. Oh my God. <laughs> you, you know how I like got over my fear of AIDS? Mm. Like, after I had unprotected sex, I was like, that feels better than what could happen. (laughs) I was like, that is ignorant. See, this is why I made you get tested. (laughs) Well, that's rude, but yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, my rationale for not getting like AIDS, HIV was all the girls I fucked were like college educated millennials. Right. So I'm like, they're not, they're fine. They're not, they're not selling their body. Mm-hmm. They're not like the guys that they would be fucking would not be paying for pussy. Well, I feel like it just takes one girl to have one dirtbag encounter, you know, and then that spreads around the sorority house. Uh, facts. But I mean, that's why I'm like, but you know what it is? I feel like college guys stay away from dirtbag. And I'm also talking about because like the amount of college girls I fucked at, at, the, at a certain age was like on the lower spectrum. So I'm talking about like grown ass women. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is like, cause like your yeah, average college guy wouldn't find that. So to, to that point, And then to the other point is I say college educated. Cause it's like, I also don't worry about like, I'd, I'd be smashing like college educated metropolitan girls raw because I'm like, they know, they know not to have a kid. Well, I guess that that's fair. But I guess I also think about like just how many people are doing drugs in college and just like acting reckless in certain other areas. Like, I mean, at GW, there was, like, tons of coke everywhere. Not that I did any cops. And then (laughs) there was, like, there were just, like, all sorts of, like, harder drugs. And it's, like, you're not just, like, these don't come from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, there was a methadone clinic on campus. So (laughs) it literally, like, 
next to my building and they would just line up in the morning to catch the bus. And yeah. I get it. Well, DC is also a big HIV city. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the white people. Well, white people there be having it. I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just felt that was true. But yeah, then he was I, like, "Do they? They have that BMWs? No. They, they have Lincolns? <laughs> I didn't know they." Okay. I don't. I don't know enough about the epidemiology of DC to comment. All right, moving on. So another thing you said was, if you tell people they hurt your feelings, they will, they'll change. Yes. So I think that's something that like it was kind of ingrained in me. And I think it's like kind of ingrained from the time you're a kid is like, oh, the way to resolve this conflict. And like I'm even going back to like the time you're a kid, not even just early 20s. But the way to resolve this conflict is like you say you hurt my feelings. They say sorry. They say I forgive you. And then you're like, good. And you go off and play. Right. That's kind of like standard, like especially if like I was like a camp counselor. So I work with kids all the time. And that's kind of like how we structure it so that they can resolve their conflicts and move along and yada yada so like i feel like um it's a little bit more complicated as an adult there's kind of two sides of it like when you're an adult i feel people are less likely to be that kind of vulnerable and be like hey you hurt my feelings facts and i think a lot of things would be resolved a lot quicker if people would just say that um on the one hand but then on the other hand there's a lot of people who will hear that and get defensive or close off or think that like they know everything already and just continue on how they've been doing even if they give lip surface to saying sorry so it's kind of like i feel like we get worse communicate as communicators as adults than we were like allegedly supposed to be as kids you know do you think we've always been that way or is that i mean because obviously we are more narcissist with the ability of likes, social media, selfies, so on and so forth, just being able to put our opinion, our podcast, whatever the fuck we have to say, it's a lot easier to get it out there. So do you think like we've changed and there were there was a time people were more open to hearing critiques about how they treat people? Or do you think it just as we get older, it's like, ah, fuck you. That's such a good question. I feel like I didn't even think about it in that sense, but I actually think that you're definitely right. Like people, you know how there's like all these, like, I will get, I guess I could call them like subtweet inspirational type quotes that you'll find on Instagram. Like just because you were related to someone doesn't mean you need to have them in your life or your chosen <laughs> family can be more important than your regular family. Like these kind of sub. I agree. There's subtweets. I don't think they're inspirational. Well, I, they're supposed to be like these like deep things, right? Like, of like, okay, if a person is treating you this way, then you have kind of like the right to cut them out. And I think people use that type of black and white thinking um, to, that does limit their ability to form deeper connections with people because you don't really know how close you are with someone until there's something that tests that relationship. And oh yeah. And like, it's all about how that person responds more so than the original thing that was the issue that actually oh, yeah. results in like, what are you as friends or as, you know, companions or acquaintances? Do you bump them back up to a lower tier of connection? That kind of thing. So to answer your question, I think that like, 
it is people set in their own mindset, but I also think it's part of getting older. Like, like we get very, I think as we get older, we don't have as much structure to tell us like you're on the right track or you're on the wrong track. So then we have to only tell ourselves and reinforce to ourselves, I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. And when someone challenges that, it's kind of like, it's a little bit harder because you can't just say, well, we kind of just use like our career to say if we're doing well or not or our income. I mean, I think that's one scale of it, but I don't think that's the only scale. It's not the only scale, but we kind of go like, how many fr- friends do I have? How good do I look? Like, it's it's very, not like you, you or, or, you know, me, but like, in a general sense, a lot of people base it on bullshit. And I'm not trying to, because I don't want to like, just speak to like the basic niggas account likes, because we're above that. And I, I say we as us, the audience, but I'm saying, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's based on that. Yeah. I think, though, there is something to just the fact of being older and having to, like, be your own, like, champion sometimes that gets twisted into, like, well, I'm always right. Okay, so I want to get back to, like, the – I want to give – what is an example, like, you as a – as an adult where you said to, to somebody – you you do this thing that hurts me because I got plenty of examples that I've probably already put on here on other episodes. So I want to ask you, what's something where you said like, hey, you're doing this thing. I don't like it. It hurts me. I think it belittles me or whatever to the effect. And you realize, wow, this person doesn't give a fuck or they won't change. I think so. There's like one friend I have that I haven't spoken to in a few weeks for this kind of reason. Like, I have talked to her. Is this what I think we're talking about? I don't know. I mean, if it is, I really want to coon. You probably want to. All right, so this bitch Chelsea, let's get into it. No. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) I'm disappointed. All right, we'll go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. We can go that way, too, actually. That's probably a better way to go. Well, I don't, well, no, I kind of want to say that for another episode. Okay. So, no, I have a friend that, like, we were talking about, like, a hypothetical scenario in which I was, I would be in her town. Doesn't matter why we're talking about that. But I'd be like, oh, you'd come say hi, right? Or I'd be, like, in her area, not town. But, and she's like, well, I'm not really going anywhere these days, so I probably wouldn't. I'm like, bitch, are you fucking serious? Like, after all this time we've talked about me like coming out to the East Coast and like checking it out and all this stuff and you're saying you won't see me in a hypothetical world that's not even, there's no tickets booked. You can't just say, yeah, I'd love to see you. Like, what the fuck? So that really hurt my feelings. Um, and, and, well, no, keep, keep going. Where does she live? Because I'm going to Google uh, what the distance would be. Okay, so she lives in Connecticut and this is- Let's say Hartford. Um, let's say New Haven. Okay. Actually, Hartford. Okay. Keep, keep uh, and then this is like New York. So, like, it's, I think it's like two hours drive, essentially. Um, I'm Googling it. Just, just okay. keep, keep making it. So, fun. basically, like, yeah, it, it really kind of hurt my feelings. And I, I told her, I was like, hold on. Like, are you really saying that, like, if I was out there, you wouldn't see me? And she's like, well, you know, I mean, I'm not really seeing anyone. So, it's just like, you know, it is what it is. And I'm just like, what? Like, that I'm like I, in the moment I just said you know we're gonna talk later about how you're wrong about this, and um, 
because it was late her time. So I was like, okay, we're going to talk later, but you're wrong about this. And then um, we just haven't really talked. So that's probably my bad. So, okay. So, so let's get to, so the distance, the distance driving is one hour and 33 minutes, according to Google Maps, from Ariel's proposed location from Connecticut to uh, the proposed location. I'm not going to put Ariel's business out there because it's also my business, nigga. Okay. <laughs> um, taking public transportation will be two hours and 47 minutes. Uh, and then taking a bike there will be eight hours if you a douchebag. So, like, <laughs> oh, what? If you're healthy and you can fuck abroad a long time, it's the East Coast. All right. So, okay. Here, here's, here's the thing, thing I got to ask you. How come you have not reached out to her to tell her why that is fucked up? I mean, you said it was fucked up. I did. But how, how come you did not follow up? Well, actually, she's texted you, like, about, like, some memes. And, like, I fucked the guy. And it was a lot different. But it wasn't different. But it was different. So how – and did you respond to any of those? I did. She wished me a happy birthday. I wished her a happy birthday. So, like, I think that the reason I have – Ta-da, Exactly. I feel like – the reason I haven't is a little bit more just like part of it is just like, okay, I have to like get in the headspace to do that. And the other part of it is just like, I guess I'm kind of nervous about how she's going to react to it. Considering when I first said that's kind of messed up, she didn't really, she kind of stood her ground. So I think that like, in this case, I'm like explaining why I am not as good a communicator as I think people should be. <laughs> To unpack that, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I'm gonna put that ass on the couch. <laughs> Just did. Yeah, but I also feel like, um, yeah, I guess I can't like I'll let people read my mind, but yeah. All right, so let me ask you this though: How often is it common? Because you know we talk a lot of shit about women on here in regards with men and women, but with women and women and friendships. How common is it for a woman to be like, oh, this shit offended me, and then just never address it, and then they just never friends again? Or, and then also, not or, also, how common is it to be like, oh, wow, and they stay friends, but passive-aggressive shit keeps building and building and building? I think the second one is a lot more common. Um, because, I do, too. Because, like, I mean, women are very, like, social as naturally like we we like really thrive off of being together and like relating on things that are like um that are like experience level if that makes sense definitely because yeah. i'd be wanting to do like this is where i'm like i'm just because like I, I like if it was up to me i would just have black latino friends and then like a token italian jewish dude in the group like that's that's my dream like hbo vinnie chase entourage crew but that's not, you know, necessar necessarily realistic. But the thing I'm just about women and white people is like, you niggas do the fuck out of some activities. Yeah, I will. I mean, I even say like for women, it's like we want to go somewhere. We want to do something. But like at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to sit around and talk shit. And like, that's the fun part. You know what I mean? Like that is the fun part. Um, and like, that's I think what a lot of female friendships are formed around. And when I say talk shit, I don't necessarily mean like, be catty in that sense it's a lot of like i kind of feel this way do you kind of feel this way because i don't know if i'm like right for that and then it's like yeah it's like a podcast without the jokes just, just for, for the audience to know no one i'm around 
<laughs> I make the jokes. Okay, if, if, if you're Jewish, you're funny. It's different. But so yeah, so I feel like um, like it is like common to let things kind of fester or let things slide because you don't want to rock the boat and like, well, then it's gonna be awkward to be around her when I'm around her, and if she's not invited, you know, like that does definitely become a thing. I think though, I will say to give women credit, um, that was more of a thing. We have to do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't have to, but it's no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just being a dick. Um, but I think, like, at least with friends I've made in my like older years as a 28 year old, like, I do have conversations with some of my friends where we talk about having these hard conversations, and I think like after you hit 25, 26, 27, like that is when those fundamental differences those cracks start to show a little bit more than they would otherwise. Yes. And can't really be covered up by like a drunken night out. Yes. Or like securing a handle of vodka from some frat guy. You know what I'm saying? Like those things cannot cover up some basic fundamentals. And that's when those hard conversations do start to like really happen in a way that's like, can either be great and like build the foundation for like a lifetime of friendship or can be, I wouldn't say bad, but like informative as far as like, okay, who are, who's the company I keep? Let me ask you, do you have any intention of, because I mean, if we're going to be, and this is not, this is me speaking as a podcast host and not your boyfriend mm-hmm. from this conversation and the listeners could tell this too. She clearly has some free rent in your mind. And I don't even yeah. want to call it free rent. Totally. I don't even want to call it free rent because this is years of friendship. Cause there is, by, by the way, just to take a break, uh, Let's stop saying free rent because there is some rent in your mind that is fucking earned. So let's not yeah. let's give people some credit. But totally. so she's paying some rent in your head. So how much of you wants to wants to address this? I I do really want to address it. I think like I think it's kind of like um it is like that next level step. And like she is a really close friend of mine. So it's like I think it's worth having that conversation. Whereas like there are some people in my life where I'm like. I don't really give a fuck to have a conversation with you because I didn't like you to begin with, <laughs> you know, like I can just let you go or like we can just not hate each other. But like, I see your stories on Instagram, you're living your life. I'm living my life, whatever. But that's not really the case with this person. So, okay. So what I want to get into is on, 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 on closing this out and, and, and getting to, to, to your other one is how do I put this? What would it take for you to like be like, yo, this is the thing? And would you be cool if she just like doesn't give a fuck? Would would you just be cool not being friends with her if she just doesn't? If she's like, well, it's just how I feel, and I mean, I'll risk it for some dick, but I mean, it's like, you know, I'm comfy. If you want to see me, or I'm not doing like, and if she just says something that was just like real, like dismissive. Yeah, I was I was gonna use a different word, but that, thank you. I was gonna say cunty, so it's good you said that. But if she did something like very dismissive, like. Where would you like? Would you want to try to make it work, or or would you be fine just being like, all right, this is this friendship ran its course and it was good um, where it was? And- no, I would press the issue and I'd challenge her on that for sure. I wouldn't just be like, well, that was her response, and therefore it's written in stone. Be like, no, that I really don't. I'm not satisfied with that response. That because what I'm saying is you hurt my feelings, and what you just said now is like still living in that hypothetical world that hasn't even happened yet. So. I would generally try and have like a fuller conversation. Like I wouldn't just leave it at like whatever her dismissive responses, but like at the end of the day, if she really is like, 
Like, I don't what would it take for you to like walk away? Is what I'm asking. What um, would it take for you to be like, fuck you? Or like, all right, that, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good then. Or, or would you just keep trying? I wouldn't keep trying. I'd say like, I'd say what I'd do is I wouldn't really reach out for like a long time. I'd put it on the back burner. And if she eventually reached out and she apologized, then it would be back up. But if not, then it's not happening. Would there be like a sort of a time band-aid on it? Like if it's like if like two, three years go by, hey, how you doing? And cause there's some friendships where you just kinda act like that shit never happened. Yeah. Like, could you do that with her? I mean, realistically, yeah. Especially if like the thing we have been talking about in general actually happens and she actually makes the effort. Like, I mean I don't think it's worth throwing away a whole friendship over a hypothetical situation where my feelings get hurt, but I am noting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still notable to me. I think it's less about is worth throwing away the hypothetical situation as much as it's her dismissing your feelings. Right. Because that's the sh- like for me. I, it was like it, it's it's been too. I, I talked. I've talked about Jordan's bitch ass on. God, I'm really a fucking bitch ass nigga. And then it was just, I believe this uh, thing. I didn't say his last name this episode. I just oh, said okay. Jordan. <laughs> I could be doing a bird. Jordan! But like Jordan bitch ass. And then this is other and then it was this other homie. I'm not gonna say his name. Well, actually he's got the same name as my cousin. His name's Will too. But so Too many characters with the same name left. Right? <laughs> Breaking up all the rules of screenwriting. Facts. So <laughs> so anyway, so basically Will was dismissing because like I I would cheat on my ex girlfriend all the time, right? And then he was like, "Well, I don't think you." And like I was fucked up, like when we broke up and sh- and she left, and he and he was like dismissing. He's like, "Well, wow, you cheated on him." I'm like, nigga, like that's what we do. That's not the point. And I was like really upset that he was like dismissing my feelings. Like, well, you had other bitches. I'm like, now all of us think I'm, I'm a black entertainer. This is what we do. Like, that's not the point. And he was just like, "Well, whatever." And I was like fucked up over it. And then like later. And it was like the fact it was like less the fact that it was the fact that he was disregarding how I felt when I'm trying to tell him about right. some shit. Right. So it's like, I mean, did she is she worth our friendship? No. Is any woman worth our friendship where he he didn't he didn't even fucking touch her other than shaking her hand? No. But what it matters is is it's like you're saying, like, I don't give a fuck. And same thing with Jordan. I'm like, hey, look, 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 little nigga, we don't where I'm from, we don't let you. He's like, well, I do that shit with all, with all my friends. What the fuck? And subtext being like, I do this shit with my nigga friends too. So it's when people disregard how you feel, fuck them. And here, here's why, I, and here's my thing, and we'll close it off on this, is my whole thing of why I am fine ending friendships is even if they reach out and they want to be cool, is because I trust care. It's not even about my ego or being vain or needing to be right, but I trust people's character more than I fucking trust them wanting to be liked or them wanting familiarity. Because a lot of people confuse uh, familiarity and comfort with the truth. And the truth is y'all don't fucking vibe. You don't respect that person's line. And y'all need to fucking walk away. All right. So your next thing. Okay. So the last thing, I don't want to say too much on this. Because I'm like, it's it's just gonna get me sad. I'm jaded. <laughs> I'm like actually in the industry and I, I have too much to say on this. But Ariel, your other thing was how easy it is to be famous. So can you please just unpack <laughs> that? Yeah. So like when I was younger, I was in like 
music and like theater and things that potentially get you famous. And We're talking middle school, high school, middle school, high school. Okay. Yeah. Not, not college, but I had this idea cause I knew people who were like professional actors because I had been in one professional play as a child that I was like, had this plan because I had spoken to the professional actors and two of them went to SUNY. So like one of the state New York <laughs> state universities. They, 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 they know what that is. Oh, okay. I yeah, don't yeah. Know yeah, no, you just keep going. So one of them went to SUNY. So I had this idea that like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish high school. I'm going to go to SUNY and then we get famous. And like, that's the way my life is going to go because you have to go to SUNY to get famous, which I, I just have to say this. Not knowing that going to like SUNY is like going to Cal State Fullerton. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the level no, I was like, oh, okay, so so I said so you guys did not see this, but Ariel gave me because Ariel's like she's a good podcast guest, but she's not good at podcast directions like my other guests. So I'm like, no, no, they, they know what that is. You can keep going. And she's like, let me tell it the way I want to tell it. So, so anyways, so I was saying, like, if you go on IMDb and you look up, like, actors' backgrounds or whatever, you'll see SUNY a lot. So that's why I said, because I assume that our guests, our listeners are kind of like me. So blah, 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 blah. But it turns out it's the Cal State Fullerton of that. And NYU is the more. Okay, keep going. Thanks, baby. Yeah. So anyway, so I thought it was easy to become famous because it's like all you have to do is sing really loud and like just keep being in plays and then you're basically famous. Like that's basically how it works. And like that is basically how it works, but it's also not at all how it works, if that makes sense. Can I just, can I, uh, let me ask you. Yes. Is it fair to say you just did not respect the art form? Yes. time on this <laughs> but like, it was just worse because i'm gonna have like I, I try to make this not too much of a combi inside baseball podcast despite our last episode but i like like we're gonna bitch and complain all day about how our careers is not where we want it so i just want to... so you didn't respect the craft basically Absolutely. yeah yeah but i thought i did you thought you did. When did you just realize, like, was it that you realized, like, uh, uh, oh, wow, how I got to work way harder? Or was it, it kind of like me with basketball? Or was it, like, what was the thing where you're like, oh, yeah. Because with me, it was like, I got to work really hard to just say I did something and ride the bitch and not play. So with music, I knew pretty quick, like, I wasn't as good as, like, the best people in the class. So, like, that was out the door not going to happen with like, like acting. It was more that I just got annoyed with all the other theater people. Like they're really fucking annoying to be around. And so I, I didn't do it once I hit like sophomore year of high school. And then I realized, Oh, you probably have to keep doing that. <laughs> and then I was in college and I wasn't doing it either. And then like a girl I went to high school with was like in a Broadway show on tour. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. So I'm gonna say this to close it out on this: is you have to. And, and by the way, that girl's not fucking famous. So, and and neither am I. 
what you need to do is you need to love the craft more than you hate the bullshit that comes with it. You really need to because there's so much shit along. Because, like, look, let me tell you, like, like if you listen to the last podcast, is I don't fucking like the weirdo white guy cultural comedy. I don't like the constant hanging around. I don't like the auditions and up-to-date headshot and all that, like all that shit. But at the same time, this is something I want to be like. It's, it's not even about it's I want to be a part of the industry as much as I'm an artist and I want and I want a stage. I don't even need like the main biggest Kevin Hart stage, but I need a stage. So if your dislike of, you know, not necessarily being in the best financial position or having to say no to things and turn down things because you're also keeping that uh, financial comfort with uh, a, a certain type of day job that's more demanding or whatever it is, or dealing with like the fucking asshole. And like, here's the thing, like, I've had one legit acting job in my life and I've done a few extra. And then like after that, I was like, I can't do extra shit again. Cause, cause like people too fucking hammy and too fucking annoying. But at the end of the day, I know I can put up with it for the right amount of money and feeling like I'm really doing my craft. So that is the thing. If you just really, it's gotta be bigger than being famous. Cause it's look, it's a motherfucker that's famous for drinking cranberry juice, riding a longboard. <laughs> that's a great point, Lyle. And I'll tell you that girl that made the the sound of music touring company. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw her was prom night in a hotel room when she tried to punch a cop. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can make some. I, I kind of want to leave it on my more profound note. I'm but... sorry. We can cut. <laughs> we can cut that part. I, I, I don't. I just want to get this out. But hey, man, I, I, the white privilege. Uh, you already know. I'm not going to talk down. No, I just meant like life is serendipitous. We can cut that part. So, Ariel, thank you for joining us. That was, uh, we did not end on on the strongest showbiz note, but the way here was great. This is kind of like, this is kind of like when like me and Ariel have like really good sex and she forgets to get me a blue Gatorade. <laughs> Don't say that. Just laugh. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Ariel, for joining us. We will be back on Friday, and I hope to see you at the New Year's Eve show on Thursday. Enjoy your week, be well, be good to each other, love each other.